Decipher's weekly news wrap podcast. This week, researchers exposed a spear phishing campaign that targeted several high-ranking officials from the U.S. and from Israel, as well as research institution fellows, think tanks, and Israeli citizens. The attack, which started back in December and has continued until recently, involved customized phishing infrastructure, as well as both fake email accounts for impersonating legitimate third parties and account takeover attacks, where the attackers hijacked victims' inboxes and inserted themselves in existing email conversations in order to establish trusted communications with further victims. Michael Abrazon, Senior Threat Intelligence Analyst with Checkpoint Research, discusses the ins and outs of the campaign. We recently uncovered a spear phishing campaign by an Iranian threat actor known as Phosphorus, performed against former Israeli and United States high-ranking officials with a main focus on Israeli targets. These targets include a former U.S. ambassador to Israel, former Israeli foreign minister, a former major general, as well as senior executive of the Israeli defense industry, among several others. These are obviously prime targets and treasure troves of information for the Iranian regime, and being former officials means that they are also likely less protected than current officials. This operation also comes in a highly sensitive time of escalating tensions between Israel and Iran. I'll just note that in the background there are numerous warnings by Israeli security services of possible attempts by Iranian regime to kidnap Israeli citizens abroad, with several such attempts recently prevented in Turkey. So this campaign first started around half a year ago and had several waves up until very recently. The attackers built quite an elaborate infrastructure to support this phishing operation and conduct highly targeted phishing attacks in both English and Hebrew. We've seen the attackers use a lot of different techniques in order to make their phishing operation more effective. First, they created their very own fake URL shortener named leadbit.us, similar to the popular Bitly service, so they could disguise the phishing links they were sending in their emails, and each target would get their very own unique link with specially crafted redirection flow. Each such redirection flow could lead the target to anything from a benign document about Iranian and Israeli military strategy to get the conversation started, or to a Yahoo phishing page with 2FA bypass support, or even an invitation to a conference abroad. Next, they also used compromised inboxes and existing email correspondences in an email threat hijacking technique, so that the target would always receive an email from somebody they already trust or are familiar with, and in several cases, it was a continuation of an already existing email thread. Also this week, Microsoft issued a patch for a previously disclosed vulnerability that allows for remote code execution and that has been under active exploitation by attackers. The vulnerability, first disclosed on May 30th, exists in various current versions of Office, Office 365, and Windows systems. Security researchers have recently reported observing exploitation activity targeting the flaw, which they have called Felina, including attacks by Chinese-linked threat actors. On Tuesday, Microsoft urged customers to install the updates as soon as possible, in a notice that is part of its regularly scheduled June security update. Finally, researchers have also recently discovered a new malware family that they say is highly evasive, 
which targets Linux systems in order to capture credentials and facilitate backdoor access to infected machines. The malware, which researchers with Intizer and BlackBerry call Symbiote, uses several different methods to evade detection after it has infected a machine, making it very difficult to detect. Joachim Kennedy, security researcher at Intizer, explains more. So we found a uh, sort of what we call a, a new malware family, as there was a few samples um, of this one. What it what sort of sets it aside from, or sets it apart from a lot of other kind of malware that we see on Linux is that it's not coming as a normal executable. So it's not intended to be run as an, a program. Instead, it runs as a shared object. And that's the Unix equivalent to uh, DLL files. So it's a library. And the way it's been executed is by using a functionality that is part of uh, the Linux operating system uh, from the, the loader. So you can tell the loader that no matter which application you start, I want you to always load this shared object first. And by sort of utilizing that uh, functionality, this malware gets loaded into all of the processes that started on the on the machine. So what it gets from that is that it has sort of visibility of everything that, that goes on on the computer. And because it's loaded first, it can then sort of hijack functions that are used in other libraries and take over sort of their control. And that's what this malware uses to sort of distort the world to all of those applications. And that's kind of what gives it the sort of this high strength of evasiveness. Researchers first uncovered the malware in November 2021 and said it appears to be targeting the financial sector in Latin America. The malware's stealth makes it particularly difficult for defenders to root out, warned researchers. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code Podcast. While you were hacking the planet, I was trying to decide for what